0: Thank you for tuning in to Journey Church Podcast. We are so excited for you to join us for our sermon series, Daydreams, encouraging you to never stop chasing your God-given dream for your life. Enjoy.
1: Amen. Have you guys been enjoying Daydreams? I really hope so. Um, I hope it's been blessing your life. Uh, I got an email from somebody all the way from Kentucky, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, this week, and uh, he said, man, this sermon series is a blessing in my life. We love Journey Church, um, my girlfriend and I. And he said, we actually planned out our Christmas vacation uh, around your Sunday. So we're going to come to Orlando, and we want to make it to church on Sunday. And I texted back, I said, you mean you're really coming for Disney, and we're just kind of on the list. And, uh, and he's like, no, 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 I'm here for Journey Church, and Disney is on the side. And so um, if you've been blessed by this sermon series, so I'm, I'm just let me know. It, it's super encouraging to our staff Um, If you've been starting businesses, if you've been writing books, like I know people have. um, I'm excited for our last installment. This was always the plan. Uh, We wanted to do a sermon entitled Living the Dream. And the reason why we wanted to do that is because we wanted to let you know that um, it's possible that uh, you don't have to give up on the dreams of your childhood and that you don't only have to dream in your childhood, uh, that dreams are something that you're supposed to have your entire life. They drive you. They push you. And the best dreams to have are God dreams, dreams that are bigger than yourself, dreams that go on into eternity. And so we're super excited because today we're gonna hear from two people who had a dream uh, as children and made those dreams come uh, to pass. The first person we're gonna connect with today is a man by the name of Michael Coe. Uh, he, he played for the New York Giants and won a Super Bowl, like I said earlier, Super Bowl 46. And uh, we're gonna ask him some questions, just uh, pick his brain and uh, he'll be ministering us today. And so would you guys do me a favor and give it up for Super Bowl 46 champion Michael Cole? <laughs> Thank you for being here. New York Giants, Super Bowl champion. Let's go New York. Uh, Super Bowl champion, um, model. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Man, but what I think is the the greatest thing on your resume is you are a member of quite possibly the greatest church in the United States, Journey Church. You remember this church? Yes. So, undoubtedly
2: the greatest church in the well, United States.
1: Thank you, man. Yeah. And uh, before we get into the ministry, man, uh, a lot of great stuff has been happening in your life, uh, but probably one of the greatest things that has happened is you recently got married. Yes. How many weeks ago? Um, it's two months next week. Two months next week, man. So I'm going to put you on the spot because she's sitting in the front row. So I'm going to let you score some major points. Um, why is your wife so amazing, so awesome, Elise Metzler Co. Why is she just the best thing on the planet? She is the best. And by the owner. way, this wasn't on the schedule. I gave him a no, list of wasn't, questions. No, wasn't. This wasn't on it. I want this one to be from the, from the heart.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Elise is the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, that's the one God ordained to be in my life. She definitely makes me a better person, a uh, better man, and I realize all my flaws through her. So words can't explain how humble I am to receive that gift in my life.
1: Come on, stop crying, man. You got nice. to start. Come oh, on, man.
2: Yeah. By the way, I'm jealous um,
1: because you can touch the ground and I can't yeah. right now. man. don't know why. Not, not cool. I'm gonna work on this. Um, so tell me, Michael. When did you first have a dream? When did you first dream of winning the Super Bowl, man? When, did that happen when you were when you were in high school, college?
2: Um. When did you When did you first dream of winning the Super Bowl? I I would have to say probably when I was about five or six I started playing flag football, and I mean there was many dreams you know before that I wanted to play college football I wanted to go to the NFL and when you go to the NFL you gotta win the Super Bowl what's the point I think when you know back then I don't know if they still do it now but they used to show all the Super Bowls when you're kids and you know I was they always just thought to myself I gotta play in that game when everybody's watching me I want to play in that game so. I know that started flag, I actually started playing soccer first, but flag football, for sure.
1: That's Awesome. And what advice would you give to somebody who is trying to figure out what the dream is? Um, someone who maybe doesn't know what to spend the rest of their life pursuing?
2: Um, <laughs> it's going to be funny, but what are you willing to give up? Um, it's probably the first question I ask, not so much what you want to do, is what you're willing to sacrifice. Um, And a lot of things I didn't know that I was going to end up sacrificing until I headed down that path. Um, Sacrifice birthdays, funerals, um, just being there. I'm one of five kids, so I didn't see my little sister go through a lot of things that she went through. I didn't see my brother struggle because I was sacrificing all those times I could have been at home. Or maybe I should have went to see my, my grandmother before she passed. But that's the, that's the question I'd ask anybody. What are you willing to give up? Is it that important to you?
1: So good, man. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, when you won the Super Bowl. One of the things that we talked about uh, at Journey Church in this sermon series was being careful, um, never to confuse a God dream with God. That yeah. a dream can be a God dream, but there's still a difference between a dream and God. Never make uh, the dream your God. Yeah. And always make sure God is your dream. And so you dream about winning the Super Bowl ever since you are a little kid. Uh, you're in the locker room. The champagne is pouring. The, the yeah. TV cameras yeah. are in. By the way, I don't know if you can tell, but that's the ring right oh, there. Yeah, He's yeah, got it right there. Yeah. Um, so the champagne is pouring, and, uh, and what is running through your mind? You just accomplished the dream.
2: Oh, man, that's such a hard. <laughs> I am as truly uh, engulfed in what's a passionate man. So I am an emotional guy. Uh, it used to be with playing football, a lot of rage and anger. Now it's a lot of love. So I'm probably going to cry so just so you guys know that. Uh, <laughs> um, long story short, um, my dad, um, was there. My dad never got to see me play till my, my, about my junior year of college. Um, so he saw me play twice after that. Um, and, uh. One playoff game when I got drafted by the Colts, and we played the Chargers and and then the Super Bowl. Um, so at that moment, I never forget that it was a hail mary Tom Brady threw at the end of the ground at the end of the game, got knocked down, and I, I jumped on. I think it was Antrell Roll. We was hugging, and the first thing I thought about was was where's my dad? Um, he uh, I, since I was a little boy. I never really had that real connection with my, with my dad. So the first thing I was thinking about was, I just wanted him to be proud. Be proud of me because I was able to accomplish my dream. I won, I won. And in that moment, my dad was there, Physically, but he wasn't there like I wanted him to be. I wanted him to give me a hug and say I'm I'm proud, proud of you. But that didn't happen. Uh, it didn't go how I thought it should have went. And uh, so in in the locker room, I'm with all my teammates, and I and it was fun, but it wasn't what I thought. And I'm in the locker room feeling the most empty I've ever felt. Uh, and i never forget going back to, to New York. It was supposed to be the happiest day. We were going to the parade and I mean, all that stuff was cool. But I realized how lonely I was. I realized how I put these expectations on, uh, on my natural father that he could never feel. There was a void that was bigger than any Super Bowl could ever give me. There was a void that was bigger than anything my dad could ever ever give me. There was a void that any of my brothers and my sisters could never help me get over. That's when I really knew how apart from God I really was. I wasn't immersed in this spirit. He wasn't the first and the last in my life. And it's amazing to feel like How do you know all this? Because it's not like I was uh, praying to God every day. So what was that recognition? The recognition in my life was, in that moment, I'll never be what I want. I'll never be the man that I want to be unless God is number one. Um, So in the biggest triumph of my life, was the biggest desperation in my life that I needed Jesus. And I remember falling to my knees. I'll never forget. Falling to my knees and saying, screaming, God, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Because it, it wasn't enough. Football wasn't enough anymore. The life and everything else and you know, missing out on everything, it just wasn't enough. So I remember Falling to my knees and I just remember God like his hand was on my back and just I never leave you nor forsake you
1: That's so good Michael and I, if you're hearing if you're hearing the story You know he pursued something his entire life that he thought that what he was pursuing was was the ring But then when he got the ring He realized that, that it was really not that that he was pursuing like you said the appreciation of your father And so I would say that's that wonderful wife right there And then the Americans <laughs> I would, say, I would say to everybody who's pursuing a dream right now, why are you pursuing that dream? Whose approval are you seeking? Because there's things in your life that success, that money, that fame, that parades down
2: the you know, yeah. <laughs> board,
1: boardwalk, Manhattan, will not, will not fulfill. And so that can only be found in Christ Jesus. And it's easy to say that when, when you haven't made it. But hopefully today you hear from somebody who's experienced success on the other side saying, hey, I've made it too, and let me tell you. It's true. Only Jesus can fill certain voids in our lives. And so thank you for sharing that, man. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know about uh, kind of the, some of the setbacks that you faced um, on your way uh, to accomplishing this amazing goal. Um, and I think there are a lot of people in the audience today, in the church today, who have are experiencing setbacks right now. Talk a little bit about some of the things that you had to go through. Um, and you can even, even when you were a kid, because I know it's crazy, um, and, then, and then in the NFL... And what was it, what would you tell somebody who is experiencing setbacks right now and they're feeling like throwing in the towel? They know what the dream is, but it's just getting real hard. Maybe it's a, a parent who really believes that, who really wants their son or daughter to come back to Christ, but it's not working. And they're starting to lose hope and they're starting to lose faith. Or maybe it's somebody who wants to start a business, but they can't even get out of debt. You know? So they feel like they're throwing in the towel. Talk about some of the setbacks you faced and how you made it through those setbacks.
2: I think I can, uh, I think you touched on it when you were talking about Joseph. <laughs> Setbacks, let me count them. I think I can count those more than I can count the good things. <laughs> um, I, like you, you mentioned something that happened in my childhood. Um, most people, uh, probably nobody knows it, my house burned down when I was, a, when I was in high school. Um, we lost everything. And when I mean everything, I mean literally everything was gone. Um, uh, that, that was huge, uh, for the whole family, uh, waking up one morning and just not having anything but the clothes that you it's, have. It's
1: not a family of four. It's a family. Mm. How many people live in this house? Seven. Seven people live in the house. Every article of clothing gone. Every, uh, memorabilia gone. gone. Food gone. Everything.
2: Everything. Uh, this is happened around, around December. So December is always kind of an emotional month. My birthday's in December. And then a week later, uh. Fire, fire happened in December. Um, so my mom is an English teacher. Uh, my sister, uh, she's younger than me. So, uh, and it, it's just a tough emotional time, uh, that time, because I had to wear the same clothes at school for about a week, just because we didn't have anything. Um, you know, at that time, we it's not like we had a lot of, lot of money. It's not like my mom could go buy Seven pairs of underwear for kids, you know. <laughs> so um, that that was that was really tough on my mom. Um, she lost all the baby pictures, and back then they were Polaroids. They weren't digital. I know a lot of kids probably don't know that's nuts. Polaroids. So they were actually the real pictures were were gone. So um, that that was something huge. And I was on the way, we were thinking about going to college, and my parents didn't have money to send me to college. Um, but you know obviously we got a opportunity receiver scholarship um there's been a lot of setbacks um the injuries that happen um i have i have a compressed vertebrae in my in my neck uh i also have uh there's like bone on bone there in my knees and in my ankles uh, i remember the second game, a second year of my career, had back-to-back injuries, back-to-back surgeries. I had six six surgeries overall. Um, just thinking like, God, if you don't want me to play football, just tell me. Like, you don't have to beat me up. Like, seriously, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's all good. I, <laughs> it, 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 it got me to the point where I, I wanted to quit. And I would say to somebody, like, if you're pursuing something and you haven't got to a place that you want to quit, then you haven't sacrificed enough. You haven't worked hard enough yet. If you haven't wanted to quit, you haven't wanted to throw in every towel that you could find and say, I don't want to do this anymore. But I think that's where God reveals himself to you because you can't do it without him. So if you haven't got to that point of desperation, then you have to reach in and work harder. If you don't know what working harder is, ask God God to show you what really reaching in and and working harder is. Um, I often say this to kids when, how do you tackle, how do you tackle? I know most people probably familiar with Marshawn Lynch, he's like 235 pounds. Most of the running backs in the NFL are around around that size. But I say that to say, being a defensive back, I like to hit, I like to tackle. I mean, you probably can't tell now, It's about 20 pounds ago, but I like to hit people. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is. I, I don't do that anymore, so I don't think I go around like running through people's face now anymore. Uh, but I said that to say um, when you face one of those obstacles like Marshawn Lynch or you know, um, I know there's plenty of other running backs. Frank Gore is an awesome running back. The point of when you're facing an obstacle like that, that's when you put the pedal down full speed, full speed. And Anytime you have an obstacle, that's when you accelerate. So it's 235 pounds versus 194 pounds. It's not the time to start thinking, not to start to start time thinking like, what if? It's a time to put the gas all the way down and run through his face. Come on.
1: Give it up for that answer. Come on. Yeah. If you leave here with anything today. Let it be when you see the obstacle, it is not a sign to slow down. It is a sign to accelerate. That is so good. And so you got to accelerate through those obstacles, man. Uh, How many people would like to hear Michael preach one Sunday? Come on. (laughs) Boy, got some anointing. Some anointing on him. Uh, Michael, man, thank you so much for uh, your time, for giving us these uh, answers, um, as well as sharing your life. I know it's a very vulnerable thing for you to do. This is the first time Michael's ever spoken publicly about his faith like that in a a church setting today. And Mm -hmm. so um, it's a big step for him. And uh, it only takes... 45 seconds of hanging out with michael to know that he's got a ministry call over his life and so we want to affirm that and uh, we uh are excited that you're here man that you're a part of our church michael um, also is now in a season of life where you know it's hard after you win the super bowl it's like okay what now <laughs> like you just won the pinnacle of of things the super bowl and uh and and it's amazing now and what you've been telling me is hey i feel like god's now shifting me to use my influence to, uh, to network in the athlete community to bring God glory. And actually, the reason why we were able to connect with Justin Gatlin on the screen today is because him and Michael went to college together. Is mm-hmm. that right?
2: Oh, he went to Tennessee. I went to Arkansas, but that's close enough. It's, we, we played <laughs> against each other in college. Played, played against, against each other that. in college. <laughs> They're friends. Right. And Michael hangs out
1: with a different group of people. And, uh, and it's great to see a lot of those people are actually believers. And so thank you for also building the bridge between us and Justin uh, we got to talk last night, super humble dude. And Michael also said that he will be in the lobby. And if you want to take a photo with him and his Super Bowl ring, the bling bling, he said he's willing to do that. So after the worship experience today, if you want to hang out with Michael, meet him, get an autograph or just take a picture. Uh, he's totally down for that. But after that, you have to treat him like a normal person when he comes to our church. Okay? <laughs> after that, you, today's the only chance you can fanboy. And then uh, every other Sunday, you got to be normal. So, uh, Michael, thank you so much. Thank you. I Love appreciate you, it. You're awesome. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And so, yeah, give it up for Michael Cole. Come on. Uh, We're going to show you a a video really quickly, Um, and I know that we're kind of slow on on time, and so we'll we'll, we'll skip the race video. We'll just go straight to the interview video. Uh, I say that to the production team because I did bring a video of Justin Gatlin winning the 2017 World Championships. But what you need to know a little bit about Justin Gatlin, Um, he is a 2017 World Champion, recently beat Usain Bolt in London, Uh, He is the fastest man alive at the age of 35, significant because Usain Bolt just retired at 31, so to do what he's doing uh, in the race world is unheard of, and uh, he's going to talk to you a little bit about his faith, uh, a little bit about um, what God has meant to him, and just kind of where he's at in life, and then we'll come out right after that, and uh, we'll have some prayer, and we'll close, but I want to introduce you guys, and he said he tried to make it next Sunday, too, so hopefully we get to meet him, but... To introduce you guys to uh, justin gatlin it's gonna be a little different it's gonna be like i said video uh, but bear with us the connection's pretty good up until the end but you can still hear him and so i uh, hope that this blesses uh your life for your attention to the screen well how's it going journey church i am sitting here with the one and only justin gatlin he's been traveling uh the world but he's taken out a couple of minutes to be with us today he wanted to be with us this sunday travel kept him from doing such Um, But hey, uh, Justin, on behalf of the church, we just want to say thank you for being with us and for taking the time out. I know you've been busy, um, but it means a lot to have you here, man. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it once again. Sorry, I'm traveling. I can't be able to come to uh, to the congregation today, but you can see me, so hopefully one day I'll be able to see all of you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Justin, I got a couple of facts about you that I took. I hope your Wikipedia page is up to date. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, hey, five-time Olympic medalist, won the gold medal in the 100 meters in the 2004 Olympics. Current 2017 world champion in the 100 meter, beating the legend Usain Bolt. Uh, in your 35th year, you laid down the fastest time ever for a runner your age. But what I want to talk about is the fact that you just got engaged, my man. Congratulations! Come I appreciate
0: on. that. I appreciate that. I mean, it's been to uh, 2017 has been. Uh very remarkable year for me should i say um it started off very rough it was actually a contract year for me um mm. a lot of people don't know about the sports worlds. like every every so often you have your contract is up so the company that you're with your sponsor mm. they have the opportunity to either drop you or keep you wow and me being the elder statesman is you know i'm always i'm always inching towards that chopping block yeah and me <laughs> Me being injured in the beginning of the season didn't look too good for me. Uh, My coach was a little worried. My agent was a little worried. But, you know, um, I put my my faith in God. You know, I kept working hard. I kept showing the talent that he's given me. I kept fighting and using determination. And I came out towards the end of the season with, you know, a world championship. Amazing. uh, A gold medal and uh, and a fiancé.
1: Come on, man. On the fiancé point. How does Justin Gatlin propose? That's what I want to know. What did you do? How did you do it? Where were you? Tell tell us the story real quick.
0: I proposed in the way where she would not be embarrassed. (laughs) So um, she took me on a trip at the end of the year. uh, She took me on a cruise. She's never been on a cruise before. So it was kind of a, uh, it was kind of a, a, Two birds and one stone kind of thing, where yeah. she was able to have her fun. We went on a seven day cruise around the Caribbean, and um, I wanted to do it where the whole ship could see it, you know, in grand fashion. But um, I did it at at dinner time with yeah. some friends, and we did it amongst each other. And then it actually made a scene, and everyone in the whole in the whole dining room <laughs> was clapping and cheering. I was raising the roof, you know, I was excited. So yeah.
1: Last answer. Awesome, she man, cried.
0: Yeah. She cried. She said she wasn't... She said that she was not going to cry. Yeah. But she cried, yeah.
1: Now, were you like me? Did you think you were going to have it all, like, in your heart? Like, you knew what you were going to say? And then when you got there, you went out of the words? Or did you prepare ahead of time? Like, I probably should have with my wife. Oh,
0: past uh, I, I, I'm the kind of person I try to... I try to prepare my speeches. I try to make it come from my heart. Yeah. I try to be genuine as possible. In this situation, <laughs> I was... I was so nervous. Yeah. I was more nervous than I was for any race I've ever <laughs> ran in my life. And she was so oblivious to the situation even coming that it even made it even more nervous.
1: That's awesome, man. Well, yeah. Thank you for sharing that story, man. Same here. My wife stared at me for like two minutes. I don't know what was going on. I was lost. I speak for a living, and I could not find the words, but that's awesome, man. So, so hey, uh, talk to me. When did you first realize – I know this sounds like a crazy question, but when did you first realize you were fast?
0: Um, I first realized I was fast when I was probably really first grade. Wow! First grade. Um, it was it was a time when I was racing the kids in the neighborhood or at school, and um, they basically, you know, always challenged me. But I yeah. always come up, and I always had that one person, that one person, I always kind of nip me at the line, or I always race them to the line, or I beat them to the line. Yeah. And um, that's when I knew I was fast. Yeah. And as I became faster, I realized that I was beating everybody on foot by far. So I'd tell my neighborhood friends get on the bikes and I'll stay on foot and I still would beat them while they're on bicycles. No
1: way. Are you for real? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. See, cause and that kinda leads us to my next question. Cause I remember being fast in like the second grade. But then as you get to the third grade, you're not the fastest kid in second grade no more. And then when you get to middle school, you're not the fastest kid in middle. You know, and it kinda the more you get exposed, yeah. the and so a lot of people kind of maybe lean on that God-given talent. But I heard a quote one time, maybe you heard it. It says, uh, I think I wrote it down right here. Um, Yeah, I love it. It says, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And so I think there are a lot of people who are hearing this right now, who God's given them a talent maybe to sing, maybe to write books, maybe to start businesses. They got a mind. What can you tell them about the kind of work that you have to put in in spite of your amazing talent? I mean, the first grade, you're not training. You're just smoking kids. Um, But to get to that next level, you must have put in just a ton of work. So what what would you share with somebody who feels like they've got a gift? What kind of work does it take?
0: God has given us all a gift. God has given us a seed, which is that talent. But it takes us to be able to say, okay, we want to water it. We want to give it sunlight. We want to be able to nourish that seed, be able to grow that talent. And for me, it was growing up, I wasn't always the fastest kid. I was getting beat by kids here and there. Well what I did is I didn't get down and out on myself. I said, you know what? How can I be able to be better? Mm. How can I be able to beat me? And how can I be able to be stronger and faster? Mm. And along the way I became, you know, a better athlete. I got in the gym. I worked harder. Um, I became a student of my craft. Mm. So I looked back and said, all right, this guy has a longer inseam than me, so he has a longer stride, so how can I beat that? They have to be able to have faster turnover. So little things like that made, made me a better athlete. And I always studied. I always studied people who came before me and the young athletes who were coming behind me as well.
1: That's great, man. So you're studying people who came before you, come after you. Um, you must hit the gym pretty often throughout the week. And Is there ever an off-season for someone like yourself?
0: Um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a it's a moment in time where... I have an off-season where it's like October, September, November time, but I'm still actively training. I'm still doing something with my body. Right. Um, I try to find little hobbies I could do. Like last couple of years I've been doing boxing because nice. it's not really wear and tear on the legs, more on the face. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, no, it, it, it's still the cardio aspect. Yeah. Of it, and it still pushes you. And still, You're still competitive. But at the same time, for me um, – this year, I took I took it on cycling. Okay. You know, um, stationary, spin cycling. Yeah. And I've done that also with my fiance.
1: That's great, man. Because I know that there are a lot of people, like I said, they've got a lot of gifts, a lot of talents. Um, but uh, to get to that level, to succeed, to achieve, um, even when you're off, you're, you're working on building yourself, which I think is, yes. is, is really cool. Um, something I wanted to touch on, um, and I hope, I hope you don't get offended, but you won the world championship at 35. Like, in the world of sprinting. Like, tell tell the people who don't know, like, is that young? Is that old in the world of sprinting? In the world of sprinting, that's a dinosaur. That's a dinosaur. That's <laughs> a dinosaur. Yeah,
0: um, it's unheard of. It's I'm, unheard of. I am I'm labeled as the oldest, fastest man in the world.
1: In the world. And not just the in oldest, the fastest man, uh-huh. but the fastest man in the world right now. Fastest man alive. Yes. And you beat, yeah. you beat the legend, Usain Bolt, who's retiring at, if I'm not mistaken, thirty one. And so, yes, yes. so you're here at 35, and here's here's what I want to say: there are a ton of people in our congregation who are 60, 70, who maybe feel like the, the best is behind them, and and we're trying to encourage them to dream again. You know that you're never too old to pursue your dream, but life gets tiring, and you you've suffered a bunch of setbacks. Um, you know you came in second place a bunch of times um, to the man you beat. Uh, what can you tell someone who? In their world, you know, they might label themselves as too old or too young. How do you still find the passion at your age to perform at such a high level of excellence?
0: Well, usually my philosophy is, you know, when God calls me home, that's what I'm going to be done. Come on. Come on. You know, um, uh, my dad served the military 26 years. So I kind of have that, um, that military background. So... I'm always fighting, always pushing to go forward, you know, I'm always walking through that blizzard because that's what life is sometimes. Life is a blizzard. You don't even know what's on the other side. You're just walking in that whole whiteout, you know. Mm-hmm. But you're you are guided by God's faith.
1: Yeah.
0: By that by that real true blinded faith. Mm-hmm. And for me, you know, reaching and talking to someone who's later on in their years. You know, you're you're later on your years for a reason. You know, you could be you could be gone. Yeah. You know, and left this earth a long time ago if it was meant for you to be that way. Yeah. But you can also inspire other people who are younger than you who admire that you are 70, yeah. 60, 70, 60, 80 years old and you're yeah. still living and kicking and you're still breathing, you're still enjoying life. You know, like you said, life has setbacks. We have aches and we have pains, we have certain things that go on, but But at a a later age, and I'm saying this because in my career, at a later age, I've learned things that I would never, ever be able to fathom at 25 Mm. or at 24, 27 years old, or even at 30 years old. 35 has taught me something about being a real sprinter, a real athlete, and it's given me a sense of maturity.
1: That's awesome. And thanks for sharing that. I think it's great for people to realize, because I think the crazy thing is, at 35, um, you know, you, you kind of know, but even when you're in your twenties, you feel like it's almost over. Like if you haven't accomplished or succeeded at that point, you almost sometimes feel like it's over, but it's great to know that if you're alive, there's a purpose and, and, and you got to pursue that purpose. Cause as long as you got breath in your lungs, you gotta, you gotta run after, um, run after that purpose. And so that's great, man. And thank you for sharing that. Uh, one thing else I wanted to talk about is when we talk about God dreams in our series, what we've been talking about is a dream that's bigger than yourself. Um, You didn't stop at the 2017 World Championships. You actually just started a foundation, the Justin Gatlin Foundation. Um, We believe it's important to have a dream that's bigger than your own personal fulfillment. That the best dreams in life, the ones that fulfill you the most, the ones that get you the most excited are the ones that are, are bigger than you, that can live beyond you. Tell us a little bit about your foundation and why it was so important for your career to not end with sprinting but to take it into, um, into this world when I were helping just a ton of young kids?
0: I truly believe that God gives us blessings, and it was a blessing for me to have such a long career. Um, the running joke you know, in our sport is that Justin Gatlin has three careers in one.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, you know, um, to be able to have that blessing, be able to go forward and, and run with the likes of Usain Bolt, and before that, run with the likes of Maurice Green, And, you know, also Dennis Mitchell and Carl Lewis at some points before they retired, you know, it's been a long, long, successful career, fruitful career. And for me, you know, it's a moment where I want to be able to share that blessing with the younger athletes that's coming forward and the ones that don't have the opportunity to have a, a mentor. Or to say, okay, I know what I want to do, but how do I make that next step? Yeah. There's a lot of talented athletes out there in all sports that don't know how to be able to reach out and say, how can I get a scholarship? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, And they want to go to a certain school, and they can't be able to because all those scholarships are taken. But now you can use your mind. Mm-hmm. You can be able to use your mind and say, okay, I can get an academic scholarship, but I can still be able to get walk onto the team and be able to show and be able to prove myself physically and still be able to get supported academically. Yeah. Um, so there's all different kinds of ways, and what my foundation really covers is athletes from the age of eight to eighteen at this point in time, male and females. Because usually at eight years old, like you said in the beginning, you know you're kind of awkward. You don't really know your body very well. You know you're kind of, you know, embarrassed sometimes to be able to show who you are. And the spotlight's on you, and at 18 is a critical time because now you're getting ready for college. You're getting ready to get that, trying to get that scholarship. You're getting ready trying to, you know, move on with your life and, you know, become successful in the next path, the next journey that you have. So I want to be able to cover, you know, the board with eight year olds, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, all those athletes in between and say, okay, how can I help you as Justin Gatlin and also my fellow athletes who come and support me and be yeah. able to volunteer at my foundation? How can we make you better? So we do a mentorship. We do a and a athletes. And then on top of that, we uh, give away door prizes um, to be able to help them in, in their next season to come. Also a giveaway, we do uh, a clinic. Basically, what a clinic is, is, you know, you would be able to teach them how to have block starts. you would be able to teach them how to stretch properly, warm up properly, do certain drills, and be able to give them tips and get them ready and confident for their races to come.
1: That's awesome, man. Uh, Again, I love that, you know, it's really easy for you to win at 35 or run off into the sunset with all the endorsements and, uh, you know, and the celebration, but you you didn't decide to do that. You decided to make your life really count, and I'm sure that at the end of your life, you'll probably be more proud of the young men and young women who have found success in their lives, then all the gold medals hanging uh, in your room. Um, and, uh, and I just think that's, uh, that's awesome, man. One last question and I'll let you out of here. Um, uh, what would you say the kind of role that God played, uh, in, in, in your pursuit uh, in throughout your career?
0: God's been my rock man. I don't even know if I can define it properly. <laughs> um, there for me you know um, throughout my times where I was successful I was uh, living a life and living a dream and um, uh, Olympic gold medalist at the age of 21 you know uh, backing it up with a double gold world championship in 2005 at 22 um, it's and then he was there for me throughout my hard times When I was down and out, didn't know who to turn to, Uh, away from my sport for four years, um, trusting in the wrong people. He still was. He still was my beacon. Um, It was hard times for me and my inner circle, my mother, my father, you know, we look upon God. We pray to God where my mom even said she was all prayed out and um, she got depressed. She lost hair. My dad, my dad uh, was depressed. Um, obviously, same thing with me. But something, a small voice, small voice always told me, I wasn't done. I wasn't done. Don't walk away. You're not done. And I went on the path. I went on the journey. I, I went from North Carolina all the way to Pensacola, Florida, back home, to Atlanta, Georgia, to, to pursue a football career and a track career as well. Then I moved uh, from Atlanta all the way down to Orlando, Florida. Uh, Went from one coach in Orlando to another coach in Orlando. Um, So it was a journey of people who were put in place by God. Yeah. You know, to be able to say, you know what, they just didn't respect me physically and what I was capable of doing. They respected me for my character, the person I was and the fighter I was. Yeah. And that's what got me here today. That's what God has done for me. He's giving me the strength. He's giving me the tools on every level. Strength, wisdom, um, a sense of humor at times where I definitely needed it. But he's been my rock. He's been my inspiration. And actually, most of, the, most of the fans that I've acquired in this later part of my career wasn't because I was fast. It was because they knew that I was a fighter. Yeah. And they knew that I didn't give up. And they knew that I was, you know, God's warrior. And that's why
1: I have the fans I have today. That's amazing, man. Well, you just said something powerful that I hope stays with every single person when they leave here today and they hear that. Is that I heard a voice tell me, I'm not done. And there's somebody today who needs to hear that. I'm not done. You're not done. There's more and greater things coming. So that's amazing. And that's it. That's it. I mean, I didn't want to cut you off, but telling everyone
0: listening today is, I get asked every day, when are you going to retire? When is when are you gonna stop? And I and I tell everybody, you know what, I was like, when God tells me. Mm. And right now, I wanna make it to the next Olympics, 2020. I wanna leave the sport with a gold medal as I came into the sport with a gold medal. Come on. And that's what I look towards and that's what I I I hope and I pray for. Come on. And God has blessed me, you know, with the wisdom of a 35-year-old, but my body feels like a 27-year-old. You know, it's a gift and a curse. I mean, I've been away from the sport for four years, but that preserved my body to be able to come back stronger, faster, and smarter. And that's the blessings of God.
1: Yeah. So crazy. And being away from the sport for four years, there's probably no way you could have known that that would be the very thing that would help you succeed at this level. So crazy how sometimes God puts things in our lives that seem like they're detours, but they're actually just deliveries, you know, to get us to that place that we need to be. (laughs) It's crazy. Well, so Well
0: can you imagine can you imagine being away from what your occupation is for four years I and can't. never collecting a check? I can't. And that's what I, that's what I went through. I didn't collect a single check for four years. I can't. And but I stood by what God wanted me to do. Keep yeah. working, keep going forward. And all the people that stood by me and they knew that I could not pay them at that point in time, I came back here. and gave them the money that they deserved because the time that they spent with me.
1: It's awesome. That's awesome. Um, thanks again, Justin, for everything, man. Uh, hey, I told you we had a surprise for you in our church, man. We just love your story. We love the fight. It resonates with us. And we also resonate uh, with the story of your foundation, man. So, on behalf of Journey Church, we'd love to donate $1,000 to the Justin Gallant Foundation um, just to say thank you, man. It's not a lot, but it's what we can do. And we're so thankful. And uh, whatever you need out here in Orlando, man, our church is out here. We're here to serve you guys, serve what? your foundation in any way that we can.
0: Well, that'll, that'll be great because that's going to go towards the Christmas foundation that we're going to start. We're, uh, I've done for the last three to four years with my – actually my training group. We go in, uh, to the kids who are at, at Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, the kids down there um, downtown at the hospital. We, we, we rack up, get a lot of toys for them. We, we go to them with the sick ones that have not be able to awesome. get out there, the parents that don't have the money. Cause they're paying the hospital bills. Yeah. So everyone there at the congregation, thank you so much. Cause now you know where this is going. It's going to help out the homeless. It's going to help out the kids and we're going to have, we're going to do something special with
1: it. Thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah, man, just text me the details when we get off the phone, where to send it to the website, whatever. And we'll, we'll be loved. We can't wait to send that uh, to you guys. And Hey, last thing, is there any way we can pray for you? Uh, right now you're in front of uh, 400 of the most faith filled people that I know. And uh, as watching this, they're probably going to stretch their hands out along with me and Michael, your boy, uh, and uh, and pray for you, man. What can we pray for in this next season of life?
0: Just just pray to God that he can open up my heart more and be able to be, uh, I can be a vessel, an inspiration to not just the kids in the future, but uh, so many other people who have a closed mind towards, you know, Jesus Christ and just themselves as well, who are not confident and that goes out to around the world. Yeah. I have so many fans that want to be something and they, and they, they kind of hold themselves back. And that's what I do on a daily basis. So not just pray for myself, but pray for all those out there who want to be a shining star because they can't be. Amen. Well, let's do that,
1: man. We're going to pray for you right now. I'm going to stretch my hand out. It's going to be 400 hands stretching out right now. Journey church. Let's pray for our brother, Justin. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for the life of Justin Gatlin. We thank you for his wonderful and beautiful fiance. We pray for their relationship, their future, for their marriage. We also ask that you would continue to grow his influence, continue to grow his victories, Lord. Um, I know that I'm talking to a man who says, Jesus, my platform is your platform. So we look forward to 2020 right now. We look over to the gold medal. We ask, Lord God, that you begin to strengthen him, begin to give him the wisdom, not for his glory, God, but so that his glory can bring you glory. Lord, we pray for the Justin Gatlin Foundation, for all the young boys and young women who are going to find hope, find purpose in sports and in athletics and and help get off the street, Lord God, for this Christmas uh, outreach and event that they'll be doing. Continue to use his life as a vessel for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Justin, man, thank you so much again for your time. Uh, Hopefully our church was looking forward to it. We were going to do this thing at the end where I was going to give you the grand as long as you beat me in a race. But we know the outcome of that. And so maybe the next time you're in town, we can race just for fun, just to see. Uh, you know, I got I got Holy Spirit power, man. So you never know, you know, how it, how it works out. Well, how's it going, You church? never know. You never know. You never know. Hey, um, I pray that if there's one thing that stuck with you from Justin's testimony, it's this. And I pray that it's the voice that you hear resonating right now. You're not done yet. You're not done Yeah. There is somebody here today who is on the edge of their victory. But like Michael said, there's an obstacle and you're slowing down. I want you to know you are just one prayer away. You are just one day away. You are just one month away. You gotta believe that your miracle is on the other side of that obstacle. So hear me when I tell you, you are not done yet. Maybe you've been believing for something that seems so far away, so impossible. You are not done. Maybe there's a dream that you've been chasing that you've just been experiencing setback after setback after setback. You are not done. Pursue the dream. Pursue the passion that God has given you. And I know, I know his faithfulness, he will will provide. And so if you're here today and you are on the edge, maybe you felt like giving up, You need some strength. You need some Holy Spirit strength. You need some encouragement. Right now, all over this place, I want you to raise your hand. You need some power. You need some encouragement. Come on, nobody's looking. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on, you need it. I want to pray for you. You need to hear this word. You are not done yet. Keep your hand raised. I'm going to pray for you right now. You need it. You've been believing something. You've been praying for something, and you're almost giving up you are not done. Father, you see every hand that is raised in this building today. You see every person who needed to hear that story, hear that testimony of a person who's gone through trial, gone through setbacks like Michael, injuries, loss, Father, and they are ready to give up the dream, ready to live a mundane life, an average life. Father, I pray that your message would reverberate through every corner of their soul. I am not done with you, son and daughter. I am not done with you. I've got plans for you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. It's coming. Hang in. Hold on. Keep dreaming. Keep chasing. Keep believing. Keep running. I will come through. You can count on me because I am good in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, go ahead and give it up for God. Hey, and maybe... Maybe you're here today, and you're far from God. Maybe you've made some poor choices that have led you to a dark place in life, and you're wondering if there's any hope for you. One of the things that Justin didn't share about in his story, but if you do some digging, um, the reason why he was away from his sport for four years is because he was suspended in a doping conspiracy that he made some bad choices, trusted in the wrong people, and that led him to um, being suspended from his sport for four years for a poor choice. And I know that there are people here today who have made poor choices. And it's so easy to think that one poor choice can disqualify you from your calling. But I want you to know that your choices do not disqualify you from your calling. Because we have this thing called grace that surpasses and that covers every poor choice that we make. Every every bad decision, every, every error. We've got forgiveness. We've got a God who's willing to give us a fresh start. Don't you love that? He's the only person who in the middle of the race, you know, we fall, we trip. He just... Start over. Let's start over. Let's go. Let's go. That doesn't seem fair. It's not fair. It's grace. He gives us a fresh start every time we ask. Amen. I don't know if you can relate to that. I'm not a racer, um, but I used to play video games when I had much more time in my life. And, and I remember playing with my friends, and the moment they started to beat me, I had the reset button, you know. Man, you're such a sore loser. That's like my son now. Whenever we play Connect 4. And he realizes he's about to, he just knocks the whole thing down. I'm like, what? Start over. That one didn't count. That was practice. I'm trying to give you pictures, metaphors that can explain this mystery called grace. It's when we're one piece away from losing, and God goes, and we call out to God, and we say, hey, I need a redo. Yeah, start over. And God goes, hey, no problem. It's grace. Do you need that this morning? Do you need a fresh start? Do you need a new beginning? If that's you, I want to ask every head bowed, every eye closed. Holy Spirit, would you begin to touch hearts right now? Hey, if you need a new beginning, if you need a fresh start, if you need a, if you need a, a redo, uh, if you want if you want to try another shot at this race called life, Jesus affords that. Jesus gives you that. So on the count of three, if you're in this place and you need a fresh start, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. We want to pray with you. Raise your hand if that's you. You need a fresh start right now this morning. One, two, three three all over this building you need a fresh start you need to redo you want god to start the race over you got off to some bad luck you tripped a little bit made some poor choices come on i see that hand i see that hand i see it 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 hey with your hand held high this church is going to pray for you right now and you're going to pray this prayer too church would you join me in this prayer dear father i know that you hear me I made some poor choices and i am where i am but i learned today That it doesn't matter how we start, it matters how we finish. And today you are giving me a new start and a new finish through this power called grace. You forgive me of my past and you prepare me for my future. Jesus Christ, I put my faith, I put my weight on you. I trust in you. Today, I want to start a new life following you every day that i breathe in jesus name we pray amen come on church about 12 people made that decision today yeah come on thank
2: you for joining us today we'd love to hear how this ministry is impacting your life if you have any prayer requests or would like to share your testimony please email us at amen at journeyorl.com our team will be there ready to celebrate and pray with you If God is using this ministry to bless you in any way, you can help us spread the word by making an investment today. You can give at journeyorl.com slash give or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again. Have a blessed week.